Welcome to the Everyday PM podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with a decade of experience working for healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I'm so excited to have you all join us for this week's topic on the Project Management Body of Knowledge 7th edition. Also joining me are two very familiar faces. Uh, we have Christina Oliveria, one day I'll get it right, Christina, and Brian Summons. Super excited to have them back. This is the dream team on the podcast with me here to discuss the seventh edition of the PEMBOK Guide. Christina, for those who are joining us for the first time, please take a second to introduce yourself. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Christina Oliveria. I am a project manager for a consulting firm that specializes in the transition and activation of new healthcare facilities. I actually met Anne and Brian at our tenure at USC while studying to earn our master's in project management. It really is the dream team. Really excited to jump into this topic today. Brian? This, is, this really is. Yes. <laughs> Brian, go for it. Well, hello everyone. I'm Brian Summons. I'm a certified project manager working in the technology space uh, for a healthcare provider here in Orange County. And I'm super excited to be here today with both Anne and Christina, uh, two people I hold in a really high regard. So excited to talk about this topic today. So, you know, changes to the PMBOK are inevitable. We've seen it change now seven times. It I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on, on the changes and whether you think it was necessary or not. So why don't we just start there? Why don't we start with your overall thoughts on the changes and whether or not you think the change was needed at this time? Christina, we'll start with you. Well, when prepping for this topic, obviously you study for your PMP and like kind of toss the pinbox aside and say, I'm never going to do that again. Um, so when you approached us about this, obviously we had to dive into the seventh edition. And my overall impression after reviewing it is really it should be viewed more as a complement to the sixth edition versus a rewrite of all that we've learned. I really think PMI in general is trying to modernize its approach to projects. And as we know, they've grown more complex and more global. So um, in doing so, they've really outlined some key principles for us to follow um, without completely erasing all of our knowledge that we uh, gained from the sixth edition. Brian? Yeah, you know, initially I didn't think um, that we needed a new version at all. Um, <laughs> Uh, but as we kind of dive into it, I, I think this is actually kind of what Christina mentioned, um, either a complement or a combination of the sixth edition. If you remember, the sixth edition was kind of broken out. They had a whole separate agile guide. Well, mm -hmm. with this one, it seems like they've kind of combined those two or, or that agile guide and the PMBOK had a baby and it was the seventh edition. But it now looks like that, you know, practitioners can be exposed to critical thinking and, you know, with that big picture focus. And I think this gives them a practical guide on how to deliver projects versus um, the previous iteration might be on how to manage projects. This is, uh, for me, it's all about delivering value and how to bring that home. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you in, in many ways. So everything that you said, I agree with. Uh, the Even just in the sheer size of the seventh edition, 
it feels like it's a supplement, right? It feels like it should be a supplement to the sixth edition. And I do believe that they complement each other very well, but there are a lot of people out there in the project management community who don't agree that a seventh edition was needed at this time. So it's just a very interesting uh, conversation that's happening within our industry, within people who believe that the sixth edition was really kind of the ultimate guidance for project managers in terms of the how-to. And then where we look at the seventh edition, it's more of the why and kind of taking a step back, like Brian called out, that it's taking this kind of macro level view of what we do. And it's also trying to do a lot in such a short, you know, length of, of, of a book. It, there's so many pages, there's so many less pages in this, but it's trying to do a lot more in, in many ways than the sixth edition was in terms of trying to fulfill different types of project approaches from agile, waterfall, et cetera, to different types of projects. And they're just trying to make this a little bit more flexible, it felt like, if, if that's the right word to use. So um, let's move into kind of the details or the primary takeaways of the seventh edition, right? So we see PMI moving from a process-based uh, process approach to a more holistic principle-based approach, similar to agile. So I think, again, the, the, it's interesting that they're trying to really capture that uh, project approach. The standard also moves away from the five domains um, to project delivery principles, which there are 12 of them. And then the overall skeleton of each of the PEMBOX is very different. You have knowledge areas in the sixth edition, which there were 10 of them. And now we're seeing eight performance domains. I want to start with the actual title of the book because it's still project management body of knowledge. However, they've kind of gone away, right, from the knowledge areas that were specifically called out in previous editions. So now that we're moving into more performance domains and these principles, do you guys have any thoughts on, you know, should the title even change? You know, should it move in that direction too, to where it's a little bit more specific about what the project management guide is about? Well, I'll jump in. So um, I think overall, I think you hit it on the head with it's trying to be flexible, maybe over overly so. I don't believe that the seventh edition qualifies for a whole new approach to um, our body of knowledge for the work we do. Um, ultimately, we're still very process driven where we manage the delivery of projects. And as Brian said, our overall goal is to provide value to the organizations. I think stepping back from that outputs um, is, a, is a big step because oftentimes we see some of these projects that um, although they meet their goals, fail to create any value for the organization. So I think that is probably the biggest takeaway from this new edition is that value add and ensuring mm -hmm. that um, we're achieving ROI and achieving overall value for our organizations that we're doing these projects for, because otherwise, why are we doing them? Um, a lot of the principles talked about, um, I think we do on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't know necessarily if they needed to be called out, um, but perhaps they felt a need um, to be a little bit more um, like journalists or others that we have these overall principles, stewardship, um, change management, all of these things that we as project managers that have been practicing for a long time are very aware of because you know we do them on a day-to-day -day basis. But for newer practitioners, perhaps they did need to clarify those overall principles. 
Yeah, Brian, any thoughts? Yeah, I think from an audience perspective, um, you know, the PMBOK used to be exclusively for PMs or kind of, a, it, you know, aspiring PMs, you know, just largely because of the language and the terms that are used. But in the seventh edition, you can see a drastic leap forward. You know, in this edition, it's more common sense language. Mm -hmm. um, in my view, it provides something for everyone, you know, whether you're a novice, an experienced project manager, or an individual contributor on a project, um, everyone can gain some knowledge uh, from this guide. So I think it was a, a great um, addition to their already exclusive edition of uh, bodies of knowledge for project management. Yeah, and it's, it's there's a lot of things that Christina said, there's a lot of things we've just been doing, it's just never been documented. And I always found that interesting about our profession because the sixth edition was just so rigid, right? It was very much about your, your uh, inputs and outputs. Here are all of the different phases of the life cycle and all of the things that go into it and what you can expect to get out of it. It was, it was very specific and detailed in that way, hence why it was like 700 plus pages long, right? Um, and also served as a perfect medium for what the PMP exam questions would be based off of, because you can test off of those types of details. Whereas when you move to the seventh edition, and I am, I'm also in the, a proponent of, I'm actually glad they put this out in terms of the principles and the performance domains, because it's really challenging to capture what we do as project managers. Let's just say that first and foremost, it's, it's really hard because there's this whole piece of it that happens in the sixth edition where you do have these processes, these phases and things that can be really well documented. But then there's this whole other side of it that takes into account the people management, the change management, building your team, how to be a steward, right? How to make sure that you have the best interests of your, of your team, yourself and your company. Ultimately, how do you add value as a project manager? And that's where the seventh edition, I think, really shines. And where the biggest takeaway for me is, is that, again, Christina said it too, it's the value add that I think was really missing from the sixth edition. And, and how does this all come together so that ultimately as a PM, you can say, this is what we do that is actually adding to the value of not only this position, my team, but of the organization they introduced something called the value delivery system, which I don't know if you either of you had a chance to look at that and, and really kind of dig in to what it's saying there, but it does go through the iterative process of how value continues to be input through the different mediums and how strategies can change, et cetera. But did you have any thoughts on that specific model that's introduced in the seventh edition? Yeah, I, I found that very interesting. I actually have it here in my notes. As you know, Anne, I always have like my, my notes on the side. I and, <laughs> um, So like it went through. So your strategy should feed your portfolio, which should then feed your programs and the projects and ultimately the outputs. And then it should go back. You should be able to link those outputs to the overall strategy of the organization, whether it's being driving change um, in what I do, you know, developing new healthcare facilities to meet, you know, the changing needs of the community, et cetera, you should be able to ultimately have data that supports this so that um, when you're making these investments, because as we know, projects can be very costly for organizations, um, you have this data to drive it back. But I loved that they um, tied back tailoring, which a lot mm -hmm. of us have already as practitioners been doing yeah. for years now. We took what the PMBOK had instilled in us and we, you know, 
took pieces that really applied to what we did. And I know Brian is a lot more agile based than I am, but I feel like um, in the coming years, a lot of us have to adapt these hybrid models in order to keep with the times. And I don't know what you feel about that tailoring section, Brian, but I found that very interesting. Yeah, definitely like the tailoring piece of it. Um, related to the val value delivery system, um, I, I think the key takeaway for me was that, you know, in the value delivery system, each function plays a specific role when it comes to communication and information flows, you know, up and down the chain. So it's important to kind of document that. And I like how they put a roadmap together to kind of explain that for, like we said, all types of audiences, whether you're a novice, an individual contributor, or even experienced project manager, you're able to see, um, you know, the value in that value uh, delivery system. But I also like the way that um, they enhanced the development approach and they gave you uh, now options on um, creating these life cycles, whether it's predictive, yeah. adaptive, or hybrid. And I think they kind of switched terms around uh, to make it work. But like predictive is essentially your waterfall. And then you'll have adaptive, which is similar to agile in the in the effort that it's iterative and incremental. And then you have the hybrid, which is essentially uh, a mix of the two. But I think it's uh, it's very good that they kind of went into that detail and expressed um, kind of each one of those things like to the fullest so people could really get it. And, you know, even if you don't have an agile background, you're able to kind of understand it um, mm -hmm. just based off of the common sense language that's in the guide this time versus previous iterations of it. Yeah. Common sense language, like you said, Brian, I think what they're trying to do is make it again, more flexible. And that whole tailoring section is exactly that. I don't know any of us that took the sixth edition and said, I do everything that they say in the sixth edition. I don't believe there, <laughs> it'd be really challenging to find somebody who follows the sixth edition, every single detail of it and say that my company follows all the inputs, outputs, et cetera. So the fact that PMI said, look, we know what's happening here with the evolution of the project approaches. We need to put something out that's a little bit more broad, common sense language, like Brian is saying, which is it, it can be used by new project managers, old project managers, no matter what type of project approach you're working under. You can take a hybrid approach if you want. There's just a little bit more, again, flexibility where you can tailor what it says in the seventh edition and make it your own. And I, I do appreciate that PMI recognizes that because I do feel like the prescriptive nature of the sixth edition was really daunting for a lot of project managers to go in and have this guide that is almost 800 pages long that you're expected to know and to be able to use, and there was some confusion about that too. Should I be using all of it? If I'm not using all of it, am I a good project manager? You know, and, and you're tested on it through the PMP exam. So just questions around how do I actually implement the things that this guide is saying, whereas this now feels like a true guide, even though in many cases, I think the argument here is, did it need to happen? 
I do think it did, but I think some people don't believe that it needed to happen because people are already tailoring what they were finding in the sixth edition to be their own approach. I do believe that the seventh edition was necessary. And I do believe that it was necessary now. Um, but you know, let me know if you guys feel the same, if you feel differently, I'm very curious because there are a lot of arguments for the seventh edition and there are a lot of arguments against it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about where some of the details and the nitty gritty of the sixth edition went, right? Uh, there are two kind of thoughts here that I wanted to touch on with this group, which is one, what is the impact to the PMP exam based on the seventh edition, if any? And also, where did all of the processes go? Because there were 49 processes in the sixth edition, they just kind of wiped them all out, right? Of the seventh edition. So did they delete them? Do you guys, are you aware of where they went? Um, from what I understand, PMI has built another platform called PMI Standards Plus, where all of these processes live and where you can actually get a little bit more detail and clarity based on the project you're working on, because these are more case studies and things that you can actually try to resonate and try to kind of connect with the project that you're working with. So um, any thoughts on, you know, where the kind of the remnants of the sixth edition are now buried and, and, and if, if you think project managers will still utilize that information? Well, I actually went on the PMI standards. I was interested after reading and I wanted to check it out. And to your point, it's more case studies. It's still not as cold as that Pinbox 6 edition. It's a lot more um, integrated. You can check the industry that you're working on. So I went into healthcare and checked and it's applications that you can use on your day-to-day -day life. So we're going back to that, uh, you know, PMI, you know, daily life routine. So communication, best practices, et cetera. Um, I think the remnants will always drive the work that we do. I think PMI is recognizing the need for us to embrace both. So I, I do foresee that the PMP exam, once it is altered, will still touch on some of those key points. I can't see a whole exam based on um, stewardship, team, mm -hmm. stakeholders. Um, I, I just can't foresee that drastic change um, whenever they make it, whether it be in 2022, 2023, um, if they make it at all. But I, I do see it, us continuing to adapt our approach. So taking things like initiation that we still are going to need to do, whether it be an agile project, uh, you know, a predictive project, whatever it is, we'll still need to do some of those things. We're always going to need to do closeout. Yeah. Um, but then just, you know, cookie cuttering what we want around. So I don't always need to have the ITTOs on every single thing I do, because God knows none of us want to memorize those. Um, and to your point, Anne, um, we don't all use them. And it's so yeah. daunting to feel like, oh man, I didn't memorize all of them. I didn't do it. Thus my project failed. It's not that it's delivery. So how did I deliver? Um, am I managing a project now or am I delivering a project? And I, I liked that too, that language of project delivery versus project management. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Brian, any thoughts there? Yeah, I really like how they, um, I know you mentioned, you know, where did all the other stuff go, but I think they did a great job of kind of breaking down the most obvious categories to facilitate 
you know, most effective approach for successful delivery. And I don't think you can honestly argue that, um, you know, the refreshed eight domains um, don't represent the way projects are performed. If you look at it from, you know, development approach and life cycle, uh, planning, project work, delivery, me uh, measurement, uncertainty, stakeholders, and team, that's 100%, you know, what we do on the projects. And I also like the way that um, they kind of revamp the project life cycles as well. So in each of the, um, I guess, models, they give you an example of each of the, you know, hypothetical life cycles that you could use. Mm -hmm. For example, in the um, predictive one, they've changed it up and give you feasibility, design, build, yeah. test, deploy, and close, which I think is a lot more connected to the way projects are managed and, and how value is delivered versus, you know, the antiquated process where you were trying to fit things into a bucket. This is more, uh, I think, straightforward and, and seamless in my view. Yeah, I honestly thought I would go into this conversation with you both and have a long list of negatives about why the seventh edition should have never happened and what are they doing? This is just a cash grab for a PMI, which maybe it still is, but who knows? But, you know, the more I read through it, the more I read people's opinions on it, I feel like I still stand on the side that I'm happy that PMI took this risk and this challenge on to try to create a guide that captures everything that we do as project managers, because, you know, that's hard. Uh, and they try to make it as flexible as possible. Again, as the industry evolves, as our project approaches change and we become hybrid models, et cetera, we have different types of projects, different types of PMs. They tried to do it. And I really do applaud the effort that PMI has made to put the seventh edition out there. Now, when it comes to the exam itself, I think it's important for us to just touch on this briefly because there's this uh, misconception that the PMBOK guide 7th edition was released in tandem with the exam changing and this was going to be, you know, a moneymaker for PMI if they did this together and changed the entire exam and had people have to restudy it, et cetera. But I just want to call out that the exam changed in early 2021 whereas the seventh edition just was released in July, August, right? So yes, from what I know, PMI intends to update the exam to incorporate some of the things you find in the seventh edition. However, it should not have changed drastically based on the release of the seventh edition in July, August. To Chris, I think Christina, as you said it earlier, the changes are probably going to happen within the, within the next year or two. But if you're in the nitty gritty of studying for the exam right now, I think you're studying the right things. You're studying whatever the exam pivoted to in early January of this year. Um, any thoughts on, in terms of the connection between PMBOK and the exam? So I think um, the PMBOK as it stands right now, this current way, you definitely need to read it. You need, it should be your Bible essentially as you prepare for the exam. Obviously you need additional you know, framework, practical knowledge, et cetera. But as it stands right now, I think the PMBOK is necessary. 
when we see this new edition maybe come out and have a little bit more information, I think you will need more practical knowledge because a lot of these principles and these performance domains are gained through experience. So I think, and Brian and I have had this conversation, you know, you can get your, your PMP certification and it doesn't necessarily make you somebody that's qualified to run these high performance projects because um, it's, it, there's a difference. There, you, you can be book smart and then you need still need that street smart. I've been here, done that, been around the block. Oh, on this one project, we did this. Um, and I think PMI is starting to recognize that because of these performance domains speaking to our day-to-day lives as project managers and understanding that it's a lot more complex than just 49 processes um, and putting that on paper. So we'll see. But as of right now, still use your PMBOK because I imagine the 180 exam question is still very much correlated with that. I, I just don't know how they will test on some of these things. It's just so broad stroke for me that how do you ask a question about a principle, you know, um, but I'm sure they will figure it out. They will get there and the questions will be equally as tricky as the ones that are currently in the PMP exam today. I just, um, I'd be very curious to see again, how they test on that practical knowledge of, of the project managers based on the seventh edition. And it's an exciting thing too, you know, uh, as all things like the exam should change too. the exam should evolve. It should change. It should really capture what we're doing. Sure. They can stay with their tricky wording. Uh, I had the, maybe that's another podcast for us about talking about the exam in particular, because um, it is, is one of the more challenging ones for professionals to take. Uh, but again, I think the important thing to highlight is that right now, these two things are not tied together. I'm sure eventually in the near future, they will be uh, coming to a more of a, a complement of each other as well. So I think all of this to capture, you know, what's happening in the seventh edition. Uh, I am still kind of stuck on this train of thought that I wish PMI kind of just went for it and they changed even the title even to like project management body of principles, PEMBOP, I don't know. Like they should have really just started fresh with this one because to me, while there are a lot of things that have carried on through all of the versions of the PEMBOP, this is one of the more aggressive approaches I think PMI has taken to really revamp what the PEMBOP guide is for project managers. And they really did challenge themselves to try to capture everything that's going on in their industry and continues to evolve. So any final thoughts from the group in terms of the seventh edition? Um, anything that you want to call out to our audience in terms of what, look out for that or this or that in the edition? I recommend going online, checking out that new standards plus. I think there are some very interesting articles and practical knowledge shared by a lot of practitioners within the organization. Um, I think that is a great tool. I'm going to look forward to seeing it evolving into including tools and techniques versus just articles. I think a lot of us, um, although um, we have tools, all of us are always looking for fresh ways to do things. So I think if we can leverage that platform in a more dynamic way in the future, I think PMI would have a great addition to um, already a great platform that they have. Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I should call out too, with the PMI Standards Plus, I believe it is free if you have a PMI membership, 
I don't know if you can access all the materials if you're not a PMI member. So there may be something there in terms of, hey, we've moved all our processes to this platform. However, you have to pay to be a member to access everything that you would have got in the sixth edition. So maybe there's something there that we can dig into for another podcast as well in terms of, you know, what PMI's thought process was to, to drive everything to uh, this, you know, pr- platform and keep kind of the, the macro level view and the actual guide. But again, for another topic, Brian, any other thoughts on the Pembox 7th edition? Yeah, I think um, the Pinbach has always been a guide and it continues to be a guide. So continue to take what works for your business and incorporate it that way. But I think for me, I think PMI finally got it right with the seventh edition. I think the seventh edition focuses on um, delivering outcomes regardless of the approach used by the team. Previously, it was all waterfall based. Now it's saying, hey, whatever approach you use, um, just make it work, right? And I think this is a fresh approach um, roadmap, really, for individuals looking to deliver value in the forms of projects to their organization. So kudos to PMI for this it's this seventh edition. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Brian, I think you sent me an article, so I'll wrap up my thoughts with this question to everybody, which is, is project management now considered an art rather than a science? And take that for what you may think about it, read through the seventh edition, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. Would love to know your thoughts on that. So that will do it for Christina, Brian, and I, as we, the dream team, talk through the PEMBOX seventh edition. I hope you are all enjoying it. If you have not had a chance to pick it up, if you're a PMI member, you can hop onto the PMI website and get the digital copy, I believe, for free. If not, pick up the hard copy. It's a lot, it weighs a lot less than the sixth edition, that's for sure. So um, make sure to, to give it a read over and let us know your thoughts on the updated PEMBOK guide. So um, Christina, Brian, thank you so much for joining me again. I, you guys are the dream team on this podcast. Thank you for all of your support through all of the other episodes you've guest starred on as well. Um, Christina, if folks want to continue the conversation with, with you, where can they find you online? Please follow me at LinkedIn at Christina Olavidia dot, uh, at LinkedIn, I think not.com. Um, and, and congratulations for one year. Um, thank you for continuing to lead our industry and sharing best practices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Exciting. Brian, where can folks follow you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn like every day. Uh, Brian Summons PMP and congratulations, Anne, on uh, one year of the Everyday PM. I think uh, the PM community thanks you as well. Um, I get so much feedback from others saying, hey, this is a great podcast. Thanks for introducing us and things like that. So you're doing some great work in the project management community. Well, thank you very much. If I had you on just to to butter me up, that just made my day, both of you. Thank you so much. So again, support the Everyday PM podcast by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. The Everyday PM podcast is also available on Spotify, Google Play, Breaker, Overcast. There's a lot. I'm not going to list them. I'm sure if you have a podcasting platform, the Everyday PM is on there. Um, Now with the one-year anniversary, also check us out on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ann Campia. 
all of the podcasts will be posted on the YouTube channel. Just another form or another way for you to consume this Everyday PM podcast. Super excited to deliver content there as well. So please check us out on YouTube. Give this video a like as well as subscribe to the channel. So that will do it for the Dream Team. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, take care.